This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Queen of Rock and Roll Dogs and the host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. On today's show, I'm talking about signs to look for if your cat is going into shock and other animal news from around the world. So stay right there. Everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sam, the Queen of Rock and Roll Dogs, and this is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We're a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. My co-hosts today are Miss Thornton and Mr. Twix. Just being cute in studio, relaxing, and Jim is producing the show. And uh you wanna say hi, Jim? Oh hi. Oh hi, okay. If you're new to the show, and if you are Uh, used to our show because you always tune in then uh, thank you for being here this is how you can find us on the internet our main website is vegasrockdogradio.com that's where you can listen to the show live on saturday mornings at 10 a.m pdt and you'll find us on periscope facebook twitter pinterest tumblr and instagram our blog is the rockandrolldog.com and if you miss the live show, then you can catch up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spoke by SiriusXM, Spotify, Google Play, and any other podcast app you may have. All right, that's out the way, Jim. <laughs> okay, now what? Let's t- let's talk about ooh some stuff that's going on. We're talk- going to talk about cats today. Actually, that's going to be the biggest part of our show. But before we do that, I just want to do a little update piece of news. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but we are raw feeders and we currently feed our dogs actually a commercially prepared raw food. We used to prepare it ourselves, but Answers Pet Food has made it so much easier for us. But they do have a lawsuit right now. I didn't know if you knew this, Jim. There's, there's been a lot of controversy in the pet food uh, world, particularly with the FDA trying to really crack down on raw companies. Um, it's definitely a lot of politics going on, that's for sure. But the point being, if we want to feed a raw diet to our dogs, because that is the healthiest things that thing you can do, then we don't want answers and other raw pet food companies to be targeted. So here is the little, just a little update on how you can get involved. Answers Pet Food has filed a lawsuit against the FDA. Uh, they said we are mobilizing to fight the FDA for the 
the well-being of our pets and consumers' right to choose safe, healthy, raw, and min- minimally processed pet food. So what, what they mean by that is uh, there's a lot of pressure. Actually, I'm going to use that word again. There's a lot of pressure on these raw food companies to use HPP, which is the high-pressured oh, HPP. It's basically high-pressured treatment on the food to kill um, all bacteria, but what it does in the process is it also kills a lot of the good good stuff in the food as well. So it, it changes the quality of it. And so they said, you know, act now, know what risks are at stake, petition to fight, protect the right to sell and purchase healthy, safe, raw, minimally processed food for our pets because we still want them full of nutrients, yeah? You can visit and uh, the freedomtofeed.info. Links, of course, are going to be in show notes. And there's a press release. You can download the full court filings, sign the petition, uh, motion to intervene, learn more about the company's high standard of sourcing and quality of raw foods and their exclusive approach to food safety and controlling pathogens and what we are doing to fight for you and your pets. This is probably a first that's ever happened with a raw food company actually going up against the FDA. I mean, that's scary. That's scary in itself. But we want to be able to continue feeding good food to our pets that's species appropriate and we don't want these companies being targeted. They were already targeted for raw goat, goat's milk. That was a big issue too. We still can't get it in Nevada. They're fighting that state by state. So Jersey got their rights back. Mm. Um, and it was all unfounded, by the way. So, yeah, not very happy about that. But at least they're fighting back. You can get involved. You can sign that petition. So, well, there's, yeah. There's a big industry in pet food that probably has oh. more to do with the FDA <laughs> than anything. Yeah. Yeah, you've got some some big kibble companies that um, have some big money and influence, and it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a dirty industry, actually. It honestly is. It's like just let us feed what's appropriate for our pets and healthy. That's all we want, for goodness' sake. Let's not take our eye off the prize there. So that's that little piece of news. The other one is that. Um, Today, finally, oh my gosh, the publishing has been a little bit slow on my last couple of notebooks. I don't know why, but I've come out with this and it's called The World is Ours to Explore Together, Dog Lovers Bucket List Journal. So it's a fun journal and it's for those people that say... Oh, gosh, I really need to go camping with my dog one one time. And, oh, I need to go to the beach with my dog. And, gosh, I wish I'd just thrown a birthday party for my dog. And we talk about those things and we never actually do them. But the journal helps you do those things. So the journal I've put together, the front page basically is an, an entire list of the things you want to do on your bucket list. Now, when we say you hear bucket list, you think, oh my gosh, that's the end of somebody's life. No, a bucket list or what we call in England, you know, it's another life tick to get off, you know, your life tick, the things you want to do in your life. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's it's supposed to be a fun thing and you can list down what you want to do. And then with each thing that you list down, there's a page to plan. Then there's a page to put some memories down, a page from a quote from the day, and there's some journal pages as well. And then it repeats all over again, all the way through the book itself. So you can get that right now on Amazon. The world is ours to explore together is the Dog Lovers Bucket List Journal. So it's up and it's available. Now, I'm also a little bit ahead of myself when it comes to the 2020 journals. <laughs> it's out. It's the ready. The future is here. The future is already here. So the uh, the Yes Queen 2020 journal for the entire year 
is already up and ready. But people are already buying them. People like to prepare. So, and that's a day uh, per page journal, which lots of people like that. Cause tons and tons of space, you know, on every page for every day to write down what it is that you need to do, what's important to you, and some notes. So there you go. That's my little update there. Well, let's get into, as you know, one more piece of news. This is great. Oh my gosh. So if um, if you if you're unsure whether you know how the states lie in the United States, we're next to California, Arizona, and Utah. And Utah, which we were there just a couple of weeks ago, they have one of the most amazing pet sanctuaries in the world. It's called Best Friends Animal Society in Kanab. And they have about 30,000 visitors a year. Seriously, that many people go to volunteer. Oh my gosh, it's the most amazing, amazing, huge, truly a sanctuary for animals. When they commit to an animal, that is it. it they commit to do everything for the animal that they bring into their care. So, da, 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 you've not heard this news yet, Jim. Get ready. Lay it on me. They're opening a hotel late summer. Here. No, next to the sanctuary. Oh. Why would they have a hotel here? I don't know, because I live here and I How does that benefit the sanctuary? Oh Gosh, that was a bit of a flop, wasn't it? Yeah. Five miles south of their sanctuary. Uh, and, uh, you know, we all know this, that they are the leaders in the no-kill movement. Uh, they will have, it's called Best Friends Roadhouse and Mercantile. Love that. 30 rooms. It's probably already booked up for the next five years. <laughs> it's probably booked up way beyond 2020. 30 rooms, 10 suites, specifically designed to make your four-legged guests just as comfortable as their two-legged companions. Here are the amenities. Oh, I'm so excited. Two-door entries designed to prevent animals from slipping out of rooms. Oh, that is so me. Uh, sleeping nooks for pets complete with mattresses. A fenced-in park with its own water feature pet sitting and pet walking services so you arrange that prior to your trip and fabrics and materials used in rooms designed to withstand regular use by animals i think it's brilliant anyway guests pets aren't the only critters welcome at the roadhouse you may bring animals that you are considering adopting from the animal sanctuary which goes beyond you know the cats and dogs so overnight stays can help people determine whether they have a you know, truly bonding with the rescued animals. I think that's absolutely amazing. Now, the prices range from one fifty nine to two ninety nine a night, and I think that's reasonable because, as you know, we tried to go to St. George for July the 4th and get away <laughs> from fireworks for all of us. And, you know, say, for example, you started with a room at $100, and they might say, oh, it's a $25 pet fee. But if you wanted to bring a second pet, if you could find someone that would allow that and a pet that was under 20 pounds it was an extra hundred dollars mm -hmm. then you had a crazy cleaning fee on top for 75 dollars. so the hundred dollar room ended up being like 300 dollars. ridiculous now guess what it comes with jim have a guess snacks it comes with vegan continental breakfast oh, included vegan. vegans love to advertise veganism and then the mercantile next door you'll be able to get vegan grab and go food oh, vegan as well as drinks beer and wine oh, vegan. and of course vegan beer yeah, and of course, we can get all that good stuff, yeah. Okay. And of course, Best Friends branded merchandise. So smart. Anyway, Best Friends, they offer free tours that are so popular, you must book in advance. And I do know that because I've tried to book. Um, so you book early and uh, it, it's gorgeous as you make your way up there. You can hike and visit the animals and you, you, you pick where you want to volunteer 
in, you know, within the sanctuary because they've got all kinds of animals in there. Uh, they are actually partners with Southern California agencies to take animals in and keep them at a no-kill shelter in Mission Hills as well. So proceed, the proceeds from the hotel and store, of course, are going to fund the sanctuary. Uh, and it, their biggest can- campaign is to end the killing of dogs and cats. Uh, by 2025, so mm. we're not far away. And since it launched in 1984, Best Friends have advocated for a halt to the euthanization of stray animals. During the past 35 years, the number of animals killed in shelters has dropped from 17 million annually to 800,000, according to the shelter. Wow. They do some really nice work, really nice work. So very excited about that. As I say, it's probably booked up for the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> But it's great you can take your pets. It's also great that you can organize your pet sitters and your pet walkers while you're there. You know, so say you want to go out and do a little dinner something and your pets will be fine because you can have someone there to look after them. I think it's great. Can't can't beat it. And there's a thing now where people are doing what they call voluntourism. Yeah, know all about that. Tons of people do it with our friend Tina over in Spain at Galgos del Sol. She has a lot of people from the States that come over to help. And they stay for a week, two weeks. Uh, they get to be housed there. It's fantastic. And I think people feel very good about that kind of thing. They're going on a little holiday, but they're also going to volunteer. I think it's brilliant. And often, very often, the people that volunteer end up with one of the dogs. <laughs> yeah. So I, I absolutely love that. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about cats. Ten signs your cat may be going into shock. And I found this article by Dr. Karen Becker, holistic integrative veterinarian, who's going to be in Vegas next month for Super Zoo. So uh, I'll probably be able to get to chat with her, which is going to be great. Uh, finally, Super Zoo's getting some really great speakers out there. So uh, she's going to be in town, but this is one of her articles, and this is what she wrote. Now, I've never had a cat. Jim used to be, well, we think Jim used to be allergic. He doesn't think he is anymore, but we still don't have a cat (laughs) saying that. Um, And this is what she said. Even if you've thankfully never had a personal experience with a human or an animal suffering from shock, most people have watched enough TV to know what's going into shock is very dangerous and something first responders and medical personnel tried to prevent at all costs. In case you're wondering about the specifics of the condition, here's a detailed description of shock from medicine.net. In medicine, shock is a critical condition that is brought on by a sudden drop in blood flow through the body. The circulatory system fails to maintain adequate blood flow, sharply curtailing the the delivery of oxygen and nutrients to vital organs. It also compromises the kidneys and so restricts the removal of waste from the body. And shock can be due to a number of different mechanisms, including not enough blood flow volume, not enough output of blood by the heart. The signs and symptoms of shock include low blood pressure, which is hypotension, by the way, overbreathing, which is hyperventilation, a weak rapid pulse, cold, clammy, grayish blue, uh, which is, uh, they call that uh, cyanotic. Uh, that's grayish blue skin. I think a lot of people have seen that before. Um, decreased urine flow. Um, that's called oliguria and a sense of great anxiety and foreboding, confusion, and sometimes combativeness. Shock which is a major medical emergency, is common after a very serious injury. Uh, Emergency care for shock involves keeping the patient warm, giving fluids by mouth, or if necessary, intravenously, and frequently the administration of drugs that act to improve cardiac and circulatory function. Now, Medline Plus, they describe the dangers, she said, more succinctly. Oh, I like that word tremendously. I can hear someone licking their paw. 
<laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he's out of range. Now he's going to come right next to me and do it. Shock is a life-threatening condition that occurs when the body is not getting enough blood flow. Lack of blood flow means the cells and organs do not get enough oxygen and nutrients to function. Many organs can be damaged as a result. Shock requires immediate treatment and can get worse very rapidly. As many as one in five people who suffer shock will die from it. Ooh, goodness me. So here are some common causes of shock in cats. And they are, and there are three types of classifications of shock that are most often seen. The first one is hypovolemic shock, and this is the most common reason for shocking kitties and results from a decrease in blood volume. Potential causes include blood loss from trauma, you know, being hit by a car, uh, gastrointestinal bleeding, sodium loss causing, uh, caused by vomiting or diarrhea, and plasma loss, for example, when there's fluid discharge from burns. Cats with common diseases such as pancreatitis, uh, hepatic lipidosis can also develop hypovolemia. Now, the next one is cardiogenic, cardiogenic shock. And that is caused by a decreased blood circulation due to damage to the heart and is a special risk in cats with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, the last one is dis distributive shock. And this condition is characterized by abnormal distribution of blood volume due to vasodilation and hypotension. Causes of distributive... Distrib Causes of distributive, 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 mm. distributive shock includes sepsis, and that's the body's extreme response to infection, pancreatitis, trauma, anaphylaxis, which is that it's life... Like a bee sting. Yeah, that life-threatening allergic reaction, and bacterial translocation, which is a passage of bacteria from the GI tract to other organs in the bloodstream. So there are three there. And she said, needless to say, if your cat displays one or more of these symptoms of shock, take the following steps and get to your veterinarian's office or emergency hospital as soon as you can. Stay calm. Ooh, that's always hard. Keep your cat calm as well. And if she's unconscious, check that her airways open and clear secretions from her mouth with your fingers. If she isn't breathing, give her artificial breaths. If you can't, can't detect a heartbeat or pulse, perform your CPR. Control bleeding by applying direct pressure to the wound. And also, she said, place a towel or blanket on your cat to keep your cat warm. Don't give her anything to drink or eat. Keep her head lower than the heart to maintain blood flow to the brain. And here are the diagnostic steps. And this is what your vet's going to perform. And it's a physical exam of your cat. At the first and most important step is to, to make a diagnosis. And the three classic signs of shocking kitties are heart rate abnormalities, too low blood pressure, and too low body temperature. And uh, since cats in, in vet clinics typically have heart rates of at least 180 beats per minute, a heart rate under 160 means the patient is in serious trouble until proven otherwise. There are other disorders that can cause the heart rate to slow down, so those must be ruled, ruled out or in, as well as other causes of pale mucous membranes. Uh, it's also important, she said, to note that some cats in shark have the opposite of uh, bradycardia. They have uh, tachycardia, tachycardia, or a too fast heart rate, especially if there's been blood loss. Now, veterinarian Dr. Adesola Aduneo, who's a board-certified emergency and critical care specialist, recommends that uh, veterinarians perform a physical examination, measure the blood pressure, 
obtain a blood lactate level if they can on the feline patients if they suspect shock. Yeah. In addition, electrocardiography and focused assessment with sonography in trauma um, can sometimes be performed quickly as well. Now, uh, uh, Odineo, he advises that patients be stabilized before going under additional diagnostic tests, such as a complete blood count, complete chemistry analysis, urinalysis, thoracic and abdominal x-rays and ultrasound examinations other than FAST. And FAST is what they use, um, uh, the focus assessment, uh, sonography, trauma, in trauma. So that's what that means. Ooh, goodness me. Treatment for shocking cats. Yeah, what are they going to do? So this is how, how they treat it. So the goal for treatment for a cat in shock is to restore oxygen delivery to the tissues as fast as possible. And uh, the quicker this happens, the better your cat's chances for a full recovery. Cats in shock, except cardiogenic shock, require fluid resuscitation via intravenous or intra... Ooh, intraseous. Hmm. Intraoseous... Gosh, forgive me for that one. Uh, directly, directly into the bone marrow uh, catheterization. So according to Odin, Odinio, uh, neither subcutaneous, sub-Q, nor oral fluids are sufficient to treat shock patients. And kitties with shock should be actively rewarmed up, in particular because they don't respond as well to fluid therapy while hypothermic. And he also recommends quickly warming a cat suffering from shock while delivering the first round of fluid therapy and waiting until the body temperature has reached 98 degrees Fahrenheit, by the way, before giving additional fluids. Uh, cats in shock resulting from hemorrhage may require whole blood or packaged red blood cell transfusions. By the way, if you're in Vegas, and you end up in this situation and you think your cat's going to need transfusion, you need to go to the emergency hospitals here. They're called, why, is my, why am I blanking on my hospitals? Uh, VECC. Thank you. VECC. Because they've got the blood. They've got the blood. And you know why I know this? Because one, we did a show with Kelly Tantalo, who runs the blood, blood bank program over there. Uh, one of my friends, one of her dogs, baby Roger, he's actually a donor. And they also have resident cats there so that they've always got blood for cats. So if you're in Vegas, that's where you need to go. The VECC. Don't hesitate. I think we've got four in town now. Yeah, that's where you need to go. Save some time. Get straight to the right right place. Uh, so where was I on this? Um, so they, they may need whole blood or packaged red blood cells uh, transfusions. He also recommends that veterinarians make transfusion decisions based on each patient's clinical signs rather than on a specific hemo... Hmm. Hemato hematocrit number or packed cell volume. Blood typing should be done before transfusion. Now, also, by the way, baby Roger, he goes in and donates blood, but he's also done dog-to-dog -dog transfusions. Can you bring, they've said, can you bring him in right now for a dog-to-dog -dog transfusion? Yes. And she gets letters of thanks that he saved another dog's life. I think that's amazing. Anyway, cats with distributive shock that doesn't respond, that don't respond to fluid resuscitation may require treatment with a vasopressor. Kitties with heart disease, uh, arrhythmias, or respiratory distress may develop car cardiogenic shock and should receive supplemental oxygen, diuretics, and assisted ventilation as necessary. Um, additionally, treatments depend on the cause of shock. For example, cats with septic shock will require antibiotics. Steroids do not appear to change outcomes for patients in shock. Shocking cats can be prevented or at least minimized by seeking immediate veterinary care after a trauma. 
Also, and any illness or injury to your cat that results in blood or fluid loss, fluid loss should be taken seriously. So there you go. They're very similar symptoms to people in shock. Do you remember when we... <laughs> We were shopping at that one big furniture place. And while we were there, we were just in line getting ready to check out. And the lady there got a phone call and she went white. And it was an emergency at their other warehouse just down the road. Well, Jim and I, first aid trained. We can we can do the defibrillator. God, defibrillator. Is that right? Defibrillator. Well, is it correct? You don't even know. I believe you're correct. Defibrillator. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you can pronounce it. We can work it, yeah? And so we said, you know, is everything okay? Said, oh, there's been an accident. I said, well, we'll, we'll come and help you. <laughs> well, we thought we were going to die because the way she drove from one warehouse to the next, I thought, we're never going to make it because, of course, she was frantic, the poor lady. But when we got there, it was a very freak accident, wasn't it, Jim? Guy was on a forklift, right? Yeah, and he'd had um, mattresses stacked on it and was stood on the top. And the mattresses tipped and his foot got caught in that big giant chain that goes up the top of the forklift. And his, let me tell you something, his foot was as flat as a pancake, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah, he got twisted in the... Uh... Big time. And so we sat him down. We could see it was going into shock. We could see his temperature was going. He was looking confused, you know. So we, we found this gross duvet cover, didn't we? Warmed him up. We warmed him up. We kept him calm. You know, we spoke to him and and we were just really calm. Then the you know, finally the ambulance showed up. But that was pretty bad. But yeah, he was definitely going into shock. He started to get very cold, but scary stuff. And as a result of that, we got our furniture for free. <laughs> we, we did, we did it. We said, Oh, you have to do that. You know, of course we would have helped. But yeah, so you know, know those signs. And um here's the thing. I get a ton of people contact me every day, yeah? And they'll say, this happened to my dog or that happened to my cat. What shall I do? And I go, pick up your keys and go to the vet. <laughs> get in your car, go to the vet. Don't contact me first. Go to the vet. I know what it is. People are thinking it's something they can fix themselves so they don't have to spend the money. I get that. But trust me, if you treat early symptoms, it's not going to be as expensive as something that becomes full-blown. It's going to be a big problem. And you could be risking the life of your pet if you delay. So, yeah, anyone that's, that's listening to me right now and you've got a question, do not, do not call me first. Go straight to your vet. Then let me, then give me an update because I like to know that your pets are okay. So there you go. So that's your, your topic on your cats and shock and what to look for. Now, Jim, I think we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a great story that, oh, it's just, you're going to love it. I mean, you are just going to love this. One last story, I think, before we close out the show. So let's take a quick break. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And we will be right back. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I've got one really great story. We're going to close it. But prior to that, uh, as you may know, or no, maybe they don't know. Did No, you don't know. We had an earth. We had two earthquakes last week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems like so long ago. It does, but it was almost a week ago. I you know, it was a week today. We had the first one. And then the second one we had... Friday the or next Saturday? day, the fifth. Yeah, you've become a doomsday prepper as a result. Oh, I of sure that. have. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like that anyway. Lots of like protocol, <laughs> the way we should do things. All about keeping my pet safe. That's what it's all about. So we had this, this earthquake on um, July the fourth, and uh, it was horrible. It was really scary, wasn't it, Jim? I wasn't as scared as you. I, I, have, to be, you, I have to be honest with I you. I just, I don't think you felt it the way I felt it because you were jigging I was around. stood up. You were jigging around. I was in the kitchen. And I was sat down. But the first one happened on July the 4th and it was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Now, it, the epicenter was in Ridgecrest in California, which is actually not that far from us. What, a couple hundred miles, if that? About 125, 135. Yeah, it's not that far from us, but we felt it. They had a, they had a 6.6. Yes. A 6.4 the first one. on the... Fourth, and then a seven point one, on the, the very next day. So they said, you know, we expect another one in the next day or two. Well, sure enough, the very next day, and I was sat on the couch. Jim was stood up, and wow, that was scary. And it lasted for thirty seconds. And all I kept saying was, "Earthquake, earthquake, earthquake!" I'm doing absolutely nothing because for some reason I was so like. It was, I don't know, frozen. You were paralyzed with fear. I was, which I've been in a, I've been in a worse earthquake when I lived in Japan, in Tokyo. But still, but it got me thinking, oh, we've got tons and tons of stuff, but we don't have it all in one spot. You know, should we have to bug out and leave, you know, particularly for our pets. So as a result of that and not feeling helpless and feel like you have some degree of control, I decided to uh, put together a hurricane, not a hurricane, <laughs> that'll be my next list, <laughs> a an earthquake disaster kit for pets and what you would need to take along with you. So I created that, circulated that. We had quite a few people sign up for that. But then it also got me thinking was, what provisions do we have in our city for pets? Because if you weren't aware of this, Hurricane Katrina was what, 2003? When was 2000 it? 2003? I don't remember. Ten. No. What? I don't know. Can you check that for us? But it was okay. it was a long time ago. And then what happened as a result of that was people were being turned away with their pets. Or you couldn't get on the bus to get out of there because you had a pet with you. So people either abandoned their pets, which is horrific, or they stayed. And they were on rooftops with their pets as the water just rose and rose higher and higher up their houses. Terrible situation. Awful planning. Pets are part of our family. We're fully responsible for them. August 2005. 2005. So as a result of that, the Pets Act was enacted. So basically, on a on a local level, city, state level, you have to have an emergency plan for people with pets. Now, the average household, um, throughout the whole United States, the national average is 68% of homes have pets. That's a high percentage. It's probably going to be higher in some states more than others. It's still a lot of people with pets 
if there are no provisions in place. Well, I decided I would contact my city like I do <laughs> for many things. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, our city just got this award for, uh, was it mo m most friendly for pets for, with parks and that kind of thing, which we do have killer parks. They're absolutely fantastic. Literally, they got that yesterday. So I contacted them. Uh, oh, no, it was the day before that. So I contacted them yesterday, and no one seemed to really know where to send me to. So the first place they said animal control. I'm like, animal control has the city plan <laughs> for people and pets. We have a small animal control. Like, call over there. Not being rude, but certainly not the brightest person I spoke to. And I said, what are, what's the plan? Do you have a plan? And um, no, there was no plan other than she said, well, you can bring your pets here in a natural disaster, but you, you can't stay. And I said, but you're, you're small. I said, how many kennels do you have? <laughs> she kept saying, um, well, so it depends. What do you mean it depends? How many kennels do you have? It depends. I mean, sometimes we'll put two dogs together. Sometimes we'll put three. How many physical kennels do you have? And she didn't know. And I said, look, do you have 20, 30, 50? What do you have? Because it's not a big shelter. Well, it's, it's, I think it's more than 20. That's as far as I could get. When I, you know, And I was like, all right, my patience kind of run out from that. But there were no other, there was no plan. And on the flip side of that, what if that, that building was damaged? What's their plan to get those rescue animals out of there? Now, it's, I say it's a small shelter. We know that more than half of the residents here have animals. Do you think 20 kennels is going to work? Because here's the thing. You've probably got rescue animals in them. And you still need space for anyone's animal that gets loose during a disaster to bring them in. So I would never go over there. That's, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. That You know, anyway. I said, well, that's not much of a large-scale solution to a, a natural disaster. So I made another call. Now, but bear in mind... I think it was almost a week ago I contacted the city through their Facebook page and only today did they decide to get back to me. And then um, I'd questioned them on their Facebook page as well. I mean, I usually like to do stuff in private, but gosh, if they can't answer you on phone calls and whatever, yeah, then I'm just going to do it every which way I possibly can because I want to know where I can go with my pets in the event of a natural disaster. So here we go. Here's the little update, my friends. <laughs> Here's the update. I just got it, actually. What I asked them was, let's go back to the top of the, the little thing that I said. Um, here we go. I said, I have a question for you. In the light of yesterday's 7.1 earthquake, what provisions does the city have in place for people with pets? What's the city's plan? Where can people go in the event of a natural disaster? Thank you. Here I am doing my Joe Lysett impersonation again. Now, bear in mind, I'm very well versed on the Pets Act, and that's why it was put in place to have provisions for people with pets because of what happened in Katrina, yeah? This is what I got back. Hello, Sam. For pets, the city offers the animal shelter as a temporary respite during a large-scale disaster since they are not allowed at American Red Cross shelters. Well, I've already stated they got 20 kennels. Not going to work. Service animals are welcome at American Red Cross shelters across the city. Uh, which will be open during a disaster. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> during a federal disaster declaration, the Pets Act would be activated and the city, county and state would receive federal assistance related to pet evacuations and sheltering. That I do know. There would be money available. I know that. Um, then I wrote back and said, um, 
would you be opening our rec centers? We have fantastic rec centers here. They're huge as well. We have these huge rec centers. Will you be opening those so that we can come with our pets? Will they be part of the plan? This is what I got back a few minutes ago. The City of Henderson rec centers would become red American Red Cross shelters and would not accommodate pets, only service animals. Well, that's not good to me, is it? In the event of a disaster, our local, state, and federal resources would assist us with shelter for people and pets. The City of Henderson's Emergency Management offers tips on how to prepare your pets for disasters. In addition, there are several hotels in the area that may be a viable source. So to me, wasn't happy at all with that response. And then what made me laugh is uh, they... <laughs> they I did mention I had a radio show. I mean, I'm well read on all this stuff. And I'm connected to so many people. And I certainly know the people at uh, gopetfriendly.com. And that's the resource they gave me. So there's no city resource. There's no city resources. Here's a list of hotels. Here's a shelter. Here's a nothing. Zero. Not impressed. I even looked on their website, and they've um, they've got a, a less than a two minute video on pet preparedness for a disaster. It was a, a load of it was just pointless. You and I, it was basic stuff: food, water, a bed, balls, collar leash. We all know this, but where there was not even a checklist on there that you could download and use that. <sighs> so very frustrating. Uh, really not a lot of info because the questions people are going to have is where can I go? I just want to know where can I go? Who are you partnered with? Well, I wrote back. Of course I did. I said, so basically you don't have a list of facilities as part of emergency planning that would allow pets. My next question was, a resident is on their own to find a pet-friendly hotel, correct? Uh, is there any plan to change that and maybe work with partnering, partnering businesses like indoor dog parks, such as Barks Parks? Hey, my friend owns it. I'm going to talk to her. But Jen, you know, in the event what of a disaster... What about the shopping mall? In the event of a... Well, there you go. I mean, in the event of a disaster, can I come to Barks Parks? She'll say yes. That's the first place she would open her doors to everybody, for sure. But I'm going to talk to her about that. But yeah, malls, the rec centers, they're huge. shouting. I know, Jim, but it was so I'm frustrating shy. and I find it so irresponsible. We've got the pets out, but they don't have a plan. There's no plan. It's like, what, just wait around until a disaster happens and then decide how are they going to do this? Mm-mm. No, well, I thought that lesson was learned after Katrina with all those problems. Well, I already reached out to them a few weeks ago and we had a power outage in the middle of this heat and there were elderly people with pets and they didn't know where they could go. They said, well, the elderly can go to the senior center. Well, what about their pets? Oh, no, they can't. Well, they're either not going to leave their pets and then they're going to suffer and possibly die in the heat. And then cause a strain on uh, emergency services. Yeah. Oh, it was so... Mm. And so that's when I said to them, well, what about the Pets Act? And they didn't know what it was. They asked me for a link. The city asked me for this link. So it's funny that they're trying to like educate me in the Pets Act. <laughs> I should say, do you remember I gave you the link? Anyway, as you see, I get very passionate and get very fired up. I would hate for anyone to be in a situation in a natural disaster not knowing what to do. And that's what people did. They reached out to me after that earthquake and said, what do we do? If, if it really impacts us, <laughs> I said, uh, I'll find out. Uh, so then I wrote back and I said, I have to say, I am concerned there is no plan and find it to be unacceptable considering the percentage of homes with pets nationally, 68%. Thank you for the info. I'll be reaching out to the city's mayor to find out how we can change that in order to protect our pets and not find ourselves in a Hurricane Katrina situation. Thank you. So, yeah, not impressed. Now, when I posted this on, on my just my personal page on Facebook, I had quite a few friends that said, you know, I never really contemplated what the heck we would do uh, or where we would go. 
And you know, a lot of people took my my checklist because whether it's whether it's an earthquake or a hurricane, things are going to be similar that you need to take. But it's made people think today, and they go, "Wow, never thought about that." But I, I'm not impressed. I'm really not impressed. And considering we are, I only found this out after living here 20 years. We are the the third most seismic activity state in the country. Um, yeah, not good. Oh, like I say, if our power goes down, I mean, what are we today? 110, something it's like that. Stupid hot today. You know what I mean? You and we we've had our air conditioning break before. How brutal was that, Jim? Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was really bad. It didn't break in winter. No. Why didn't it break in winter? And our, and our furnace didn't break in summer. <laughs> no, it didn't. It's true. It's so true. So as you can see, really fired up, very passionate about this. Um, I'm not going to let it lie, Jim. I will contact our mayor, meet with her and say, what can we do? Can the city start reaching out and partnering and reaching out to Barks Parks, um, Doggy District, all of these places, they're, they're huge. They're big facilities that are, are specifically for animals. Why they haven't done that, I just don't even know. So there you go. And it's all well and good. It will be enacted, enacted, but people do like to be prepared. No one wants to be caught in that situation. I mean, I, I looked at, um, watched some of those news stories with the people in Ridgecrest, California, after that earthquake. I felt bad for them because it was like, where do we go? You know, what are we doing and how do we do this? And and if you've got a little bit of, you know, information, it can help you tremendously. Anyway, we are going to finish the show on on a... Oh, have I gone pretty quick on this show? This is a very short show if you're ah. starting to wrap it up. No, I've got another story. Okay, it's not well, that long, though. Yeah. It's not that long. Oh, and hey, by the way, if your city has a good pet emergency plan, let me know. Please let me know. I'd love to see what other cities are doing to uh, avoid chaos and confusion. I would be so mad if I went to a shelter and got turned away. I would lose my tiny mind. I would really be quite upset about that. Here we go. Here we go. This is a great story. I mean, a really great story. Holland officially becomes the first country without stray dogs. And how the heck did they do that? I mean, here's the thing. I think sometimes, uh, because we work so closely with the rescue, I, I, I'm not sure we look at big picture often. I think we look at, I'm saving this dog right now, I'm saving this cat right now, this rabbit needs a home, can somebody donate something, I can foster, da-da-da-da-da. But we're not looking really at a level of how do we eradicate all of that? How do we do that? Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's not the solution because it's not improving. It continually keeps happening. Mm-hmm. You know, people dumping animals. Oh, sad story you have this to morning. You change minds and yes. change it's, the process. It's a human level, isn't it? It definitely yeah. is. And if you're not talking to people about it in different kinds of arenas, then how can you impact or just make people think differently? This morning, Jim, Boulder City. We just were out there last night walking the dogs. Boulder City, a dog was left abandoned, tied to a pole. Someone had scratched in the pavement. My dog's name is Luna. Please give my dog a good home. What? I know. <sighs> Luckily, the dog is now at the shelter. Is it one of the dogs we saw last night? I didn't see any dogs last night. The big tan dog. No, no, no. It was a dark-colored dog. Hmm. Here's, I have, I've never seen this. So the dog's at the shelter, thankfully, because it's, it's just baking hot right now. The dog's at the shelter, and the shelter put a plea out. 
does anyone know who Luna's owner is? Because we want to meet with them and see if we can keep them together. It could be a financial thing. You just don't know why someone would do that. I know it's dead easy to judge. I do it all the time. I'm like, horrible person. It's 155,000 degrees outside. And you left your dog tied to a pole. I mean, come on, there are better solutions like going to the shelter to mm. surrender or whatever. Anyway, never seen that. They've reached out now. Boulder City's not very big. How many people live there, Jim? About 33,000. You know, it's not huge. Everybody knows everybody. And I can guarantee you people tend to recognize <laughs> animals dogs more than they do people so that someone's going to probably come forward and say you know what i know where that dog lives or did live it's at this house or i saw the person that walked that dog you know every day or whatever it is or maybe they're just saying we want to meet with him so we can go write him a citation well i hope no they actually said we want to see if they, we can keep them together they did say that mm. i've never seen i've never seen that i mean people people often don't know what their solutions are they don't, and they do things like that. And um, so I'm going to keep following up on the story, and we'll update you on that and see exactly what happens. In fact, do you want to go on their page right now and see if there's any kind of update? But it's like an older dog, too. It's like, oh, man, that's so sad. Oh, I hate to see anything like that. Anyway, let's get back to the story of the strays in Holland. And it is rather incredible, I have to say, but they've been working very hard to fix their stray dog problem, and they said it's finally paid off. Now, the Netherlands has officially become the first country without stray dogs. I love that statement. It's like, when does that ever happen? Hopefully, other countries with similar issues will follow uh, what Holland has done to show the world it can be done, yeah? Now, here's the background about the whole stray dog problem in Holland. I guess I guess it, uh, they've got a massive uh, dog population. And at one point, nearly every family in Holland had a dog as it was viewed as a symbol of social standing. That was in the 19th century. Dogs did become very popular then. They were, they were a sign of status, weren't they, Jim? Um, unfortunately, there was an outbreak in rabies that spread quickly and became one of the leading causes of death. And due to the overwhelming fear, the dog owners of Holland began to abandon their dogs. And this action was considered legal. And the streets soon became filled with stray homeless dogs. It's very sad, isn't it? So this is how they did it, yeah? The first step was sterilization. So Holland wanted to fix the problem they'd created, and it began with mandatory sterilization and castration, all of which were completely free of charge and paid for by the government. See, that's that's the first thing, yeah? And because of this, Holland was able to... Um, to fix 70% of female dogs. That's a high percentage. And they said each and every dog also got some free medical examinations and vaccines vaccines if they were needed. So that was the first thing that they did. So the, the, the economic strain was not the barrier. You could go and get your dog fixed. Uh, there was a new law then put into place, and it was a law against abandonment. So in order to gain more control of the situation, a new law was passed that protected these animals, uh, as well as um, the, the animals' health and welfare. And the new law encouraged owners to provide pets with adequate treatment and to eliminate abuse. And if the owners don't abide, they could be punished up to three years in prison and a fine higher than $16,000. So basically, they're saying, we're serious. We're not abusing animals. We're not abandoning animals. And if you do... This is these are the consequences. Now, taxes, 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 they said in this article that the, that the Dutch government also raised taxes 
on the purchase of bred dogs and dogs you can purchase in stores to help encourage stray dog adoption. Okay, so I see how they did that. So they made it so expensive, <laughs> you would say, I'm going to go to the shelter. You're not getting any less of a dog, and we all know that. So, yeah, that seemed to have worked. And then awareness, of course, was a big, massive campaign. And uh, they run campaigns to raise awareness of this situation. And people had the opportunity to care for homeless puppies and soon fell in love with them um, as over a million stray dogs managed to find a forever family. A million dogs. Now, the campaign was so successful, it led to 90% of the population adopting a stray dog as a pet. 90%. So impressive. And they said this incredible government program worked against all adversity. Oh, I can only imagine what that, oh, what would that be like here, Jim? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It would just be... Uh, I can't find an update on Luna. Oh, you can't? It's not on the page? No. There was a picture of the dog tied up. And where they'd scratch in the pavement, the dog's name. I went on the website. Oh, no, you have to go to the Facebook page. Oh, do I have to do that? So, okay. Come on, let me want to get, everybody's waiting for an update, That's if there is one. It's different technology, I have to switch. To. <laughs> um, so this this government program, it worked. Um, I'm, I'm, I can imagine people are against a lot of those things, but they also created a group of policemen who are in charge of protecting the safety of dogs called animal cops. And today, puppies living in the Netherlands are not only living comfortable in homes, they're also accepted in most of the country's stores, restaurants, and other establishments. Wow. Gosh. That makes that makes your life so much easier. When you want to spend so much time with your pets, and you know what? There's nothing there's nothing better than enriching your, your pets, giving them as much enrichment as possible. And this is why I think when I go back home to England... People think, oh, and I've seen this before. People have said, I, I went to the state. I'm from the state, but I went to England. Oh, my gosh, the dogs are so much better behaved. And I don't think it's so much that. I think it's more about the experience. They get more experience. They get to go to the pub with you. You know, they get to go to the country fair with you. So they get these experiences. They get to go on the train. So I think that makes a world of difference in a dog that's used to those kind of things. But how great would that be Be to be able to definitely go shopping without getting turfed out of a store? <laughs> uh, go and eat with your dog uh, and any kind of other establishment. They make it easy to have a pet in your life. And I just tipped my hat to them, Jim. I'm very happy about that. So what's your findings? Is it findings? Boulder City Animal Control or Boulder City Animal Shelter? I don't know which well, one you're it, search, it, um, It's probably the shelter. All I did, though, see and be advised, Boulder City posted a sn- picture of a big snake. Oh. And said nothing <laughs> but be careful when you're out with your pets. This is hot weather in the southwest. And, those and snakes the snakes are, are out. Well, did you check the shelter or did you check? Which one did you check? I'm at Boulder City Animal Control, so you check the other one. So I'm going to check the animal shelter. Uh, where is it, by the way? Well, maybe it's this one. I don't know. There's a few pages. You know how some people will put up their own personal pages to help get animals adopted out as much as they can? Here it is. I found it. I found it. So it says, this beautiful gal was abandoned at the Allen Animal... Gosh, at the Allen Bible Visitor Center this morning. There's a note etched into the sidewalk that reads, her name is Luna, please give her a home. She's a good dog. If anyone knows Luna's owner, uh, please, please let us know. Maybe there is something we can provide that will allow them to stay together. Luna is safe and she's sound at the Boulder City Animal Shelter. Oh, and I guess uh, someone called Barbara, Barbara P, is the one that got her out of the sun and up to the shelter. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. So, yeah, as, as yet, it looks like there's no... Um, 
Oh, someone did leave. They did leave a big thing of water for the dog. Oh, gosh. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. But we will follow up with that because I hope it ends up being a happy ending for everybody involved. But what a story. Oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. But we'll follow up with, with you. And hopefully it is a very, very happy ending for Luna. Right, Jim. That's it. We're done. We've done the show. Still a short show. Your two dogs are scratching and biting a little bit right now. I don't know why. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, go and check out my story from yesterday. Uh, Twix always has a bit of a funny half hour every night, running up and down like the, what do they call it? Meet me. What's the the cartoon? Meet me. Roadrunner. Roadrunner. Yeah. He was like the roadrunner. Up and down, up and down, up and down. The video's really funny. I think what everybody thought was even funnier was the fact that I had my like, granny blanket on my legs and we're 110 degrees. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's hard to get the temperature right in summer, isn't it, Jim? You get that AC and then you're like, oh, I'm freezing. And then you have it one degree, you know, up and you're like, oh, I'm hot. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. But if you get a chance, run over to our Instagram account, Vegas Rock Talk, check out that story. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, if you've liked today's show and you've learned something from the show, please share it with your friends and your family. We're in our seventh year and we're still growing this show every single year. And, and once you share, that helps us do that as well. Remember this, you can help an animal in need, either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share their information. Rescue your next family member and replace the word shop with adopt and be kind to all animals, even the snake that's on the loose in Boulder City. (laughs) Uh, Was it a rattlesnake, by the way? Oh, it was big. It had at least 10 rattles. <sighs> well, we've seen, we, we saw a couple of little snakes walking up there, didn't we, Jim? And they've had mountain lion, a mountain lion that came down into the city. So, yeah, be very vigilant with that kind of stuff. Um, thank you, Jim, for producing a great show today. And thank you guys for all listening in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Please post pictures of your pets on our Facebook page. Tell us what you love about your pets. Tell us their names because we love to see them. And uh, today you have been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio where it's all about pets, people and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Always kiss your pets good morning and good night. And I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our hosts as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.